Well, hi, everybody. <laughs> okay, let's get cracking, shall we? Um, it is a new series, and if you, l- listen, if you're new here today, thank you so much for coming. I, if it's not what you're used to, it's great to have you here. I trust you will hear uh, God speaking to you even through the Word today, uh, through the preaching, but uh, we want to go a little bit more than that on hearing God's voice. So, we're going to turn to John chapter 10. The words will come up on screen if you haven't got your Bible. If you have got your Bible, the words will still come up on screen. (laughs) But why don't you check and see where John 10 is, all right? John 10. I always encourage people to use their Bibles. John 10. All right, we're on, uh, we're going to do this in sections. So verses 1 to 4, and then 14 to 16, and then verse 27. Very truly, I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheepfold by the gate, but climbs in some other way, he is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own. He goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. Verse 14. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of the sheepfold. That's you. So he was speaking to Jews at the time, and that's one sheepfold. But he then says, I have sheep of another sheepfold. That's you guys. That's all of us who are followed. That's for those who are not, who were the non-Jews that became Christians too, um, the Gentiles. That's Because uh, he then goes on to say, I, you see, I have other sheep that are not of the sheepfold. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice And there shall be one flock and one shepherd. Verse 27. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. First church that Des and I went to, um, we, it was a church that was experiencing considerable uh, tension, which to be quite honest, initially we were blissfully unaware, absolutely unaware of that. And uh, we just met a few people and enjoyed coming into the church. But we could see, after a little while, we could see, here's the tension. And the tension was this, in the church. It was, um, it centered around the work and baptism of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit's work and the baptism of the Holy Spirit, that's where the pressure was coming. And it was a, it was a tense time. It was a very difficult time, difficult for the church some wanted to go in this direction, some in this direction, difficult for the leaders. Anyway, after being at the church for a year, um, Des and I sent, well, we just knew we would to move on. So we went to speak to the leaders and told them that we believed that God was leading us to be part of this other fellowship, which was a number of miles away. It wasn't right next door or anything like that. And we used this phrase, um, that we believe that God had spoken to us. That was the phrase, we believe that God had spoken to us. Now, this phrase caused 
the problem. It caused uh, considerable discomfort in the conversation because we believed that God had spoken, spoken to us. Now, because we believed that God had spoken to us, we were, um, it's just that it was perceived as heretical. It's a strong word, that heretical, isn't it? And, uh, you know, with the word heresy and heretical comes the label heretics. <laughs> so, I just, uh, I thought, it, anyway, this is our really strong impression at the time. And it was because we believed we'd heard God's word, God speaking to us. Now, now listen, we were young Christians, and I have no doubt about it. You know, I am clumsy at times. And so in those days, you've got to magnify that by 10, at least. I mean, I was more, probably more clumsy at that time and in our approach, I'm sure. And I'm sure some of my biblical perspectives were way off the line, just out there somewhere. So I, 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 I'm sure of all that, but it was, the, it, was the, it was the line that God had spoken to us was where the perception of us being uh, heretical came into being. They believed... That was a heresy. Now listen, I know that in certain church circles, uh, trains of thought, that, they, that is, it's insisted that God has stopped speaking. Uh, or that God only speaks through pages of Scripture, which is largely based, this is largely based on a passage in Revelation chapter 22, that warns us not to add anything to Scripture. I'm on board with that. I concur with that. I'm fully up. I'm not waiting for the second book of Revelation, all right? And neither should you. So, uh, the, uh, Scripture's complete. I'm fine with that. Yet, the Bible clearly indicates that God still speaks. See, the Holy Spirit, He guides, and the Holy Spirit prompts, and leads, and convicts. It says in Romans uh, chapter 8, that His Spirit bears witness with our spirit. He doesn't give us additional books of the Bible. We don't hear his voice in the same way as a telephone conversation. Yet God still speaks. Both the Old Testament, New Testament clearly describe God as a speaking God. Why would God, who has spoken in various ways for 4,000 years, stop speaking? question. Why would he do that? Why would the one who created us with the ability to communicate not communicate with us? Why would he do that? I mean, that seems to me bizarre. Um, Actually, I think it's more than that. I think it's probably cruel. Christians, I want to say, God is still speaking today. And in this short series that we're doing, I I want us to help. I I want to help us learn to hear his voice. And perhaps for others, it may be to reawaken that expectancy that you used to have and somehow just slipped out along the way and now lies dormant. Want to just reawaken that. So three things. Going down three lines today. One, it's natural. Hearing God's voice, it's natural. It's learned. It's developed. If we get to it's developed, that'll be a miracle too. So it's natural, it's learned, and it's developed. Now, it's, it's natural to hear his voice. This is what it is to be born again. You're born into a new life. You are a new person in Christ. 
The Bible tells you you're a new creation. It says you have a new heart. It says you have a new spirit. Why would all of that is that we would have a responsiveness to God. God wants us to respond to him. That's all that that's what it is to be alive in Christ. Born again. It's absolutely essential. It's that's what I'm saying. It's natural. God has made us this way. He's wired us this way. It's inbuilt, my friends. So what is the what is the main difference then between a uh in regard to a believer in Jesus Christ and an unbeliever? It's not a trick question, by the way, but I will answer it for you. It's the believer has a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. You know, he he has or she has experienced a deep and profound connection with God through Jesus Christ. And therefore, if you're going to have a personal relationship, one of the most important aspects of a relationship is communication. You get it on every marriage talk. Communication, communication, communication. How's your marriage doing? Communication, communication, communication. It's just, that's the way it is. So, our God is a speaking God. And you have the ability to hear Him. Jesus said, my sheep listen to my voice. Can we say that? We're going to say that together, okay? We're going to say, my sheep listen to my voice. My sheep listen to my voice. Let's do that with a little bit more conviction, shall we? My sheep listen to my voice. That's great. It's a personal relationship. You know, in the days before mobile phones and, um, and those phones that are at home, that when the phone rings, it comes up, who's ringing? And you know the name of the person who's ringing, and you see the name of the person, you go, hmm, no. Uh, it's too early. I'm not ready for them today. No. I'm sure you don't do that. If you're just listening to this, uh, just download on a podcast. My eyes are twinkling at this stage. So, uh, my, my sheep listen to my voice. It's a personal thing. And, you know, my, my wife, when she, she would ring and her name wouldn't come up, I wouldn't go, well, who's that? Who are you? I knew it was her. I've been married to her for 40 years. Now listen, it hasn't taken me that long to recognize her voice, I can assure you. But I, 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 wow, did I know her voice. You know, I knew her voice. I knew her voice. Instantly familiar. You know, Jesus wants us to have a familiarity with his voice. He wants a relationship of us knowing him. This is a wonderful thing. This is just wonderful truth to grasp. He wants to talk with you and me. This is a relationship where you pray, he listens. And then he speaks, you listen. That's just, let me run that again. This is a relationship where you pray and he listens. And also, he speaks, you listen. Fifteen times in the New Testament, Jesus says, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. A.W. Tozer, very respected writer and theologian, 
he says, it is the very nature of God to speak. It's his nature, my friends. So personal relationship involves communication. You read your Old Testament, New Testament, you'll see that God spoke to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Adam, Eve, Noah. He speaks to Samuel, this little boy Samuel, who's never heard the voice of God and has to have it explained to him, this is God speaking. He speaks to Ruth and Deborah and Mary, men, women. Our God is not mute. He has not got laryngitis. Okay? Our God speaks, and he wants to speak to you. Now, I've used this uh, word here about listen. My, my sheep listen to my voice. Now, in some versions, you'll find it says, my sheep hear my voice. But actually... I think this is a better rendition. I think it's better. Listen to my voice. The other day, uh, I'm going to pump up the tires in my car. We've got a tire gauge and pump. And, you know, you just plug it into the car. And it does, does the stuff. It pumps up the tires. Brilliant. Absolutely. I wasn't sure where it was. I, I, so I, I thought it was either in the garage or the car. I just didn't quite know where it was. So I asked my wife because she knows where everything is. And she said, it's in the car, and it's in this compartment, you see. So I went, great, went to the car, went to the passenger side compartment. And now in our car, we've got these footwells, little compartments in the footwells. Uh, other cars we've had where they've been holes, but these are not holes. These are, these are little compartments in the footwell at the f- uh, driver's side, passenger side, and also for passengers th- at the back. So I opened the passenger one. Nothing. I go around the back, the passenger side, open that footwell, nothing. Go to the driver's side, nothing. Get to the behind the driver's side and open that, there it is. Brilliant. Go do, do all the stuff and pump up the tires. Come get in the house and Des said, what took you so long? Now, I wasn't on a clock, all right? You're going to have to say, you know, you've got to go. Ten minutes to do this or what? He said, "It wasn't that." She said, "But what took you so long?" I said, "Well, it wasn't in the passenger side compartment." And she said, "I didn't say it was in the passenger side compartment. I said it was in the behind the driver's seat compartment." She said, "I told you it was in the driver's seat behind the driver's seat compartment." I said, "Did you?" And she said, "Yes, I did." Now. Here's the thing. I heard a voice. You got it, everybody. You are way out of the ballgame here. And wives, you're going, listen to this. And I'm saying, listen. Because that's what I didn't do. I heard the voice, it's in the car. And I thought, once I heard that it's in the car, I knew exactly where it was. Except I didn't. She knows where everything is, you see. So... I hadn't listened, but I had heard. I heard the voice. Now, this is the amazing thing. Apparently, this is not the first time it's happened. (laughs) I know. It's shocking, isn't it? I must have done it once before. That's, okay. You don't even believe that either. I can hear that. Um, Listening is a different skill to hearing. We need to listen to his voice. You know, we need it for our families. We need it for our jobs. We need it for our finances. When I came to Wickham, I was asked, I was asked if I would 
come to this church and be part of the leadership team here. And I, I was also asked if I would go to the church where I was previously at, at King's Church Amersham. And the King's Church Amersham is a lovely church, cause, and I knew all the people there. It's a great church. And I, I was in this incredible dilemma. And I was talking with Des about it, and she was sure that we needed to be here. But I, I needed to hear, I needed God on it. And I'm driving around Wicker, and we, I've been weeks on this. She must have thought, I mean, he's dithering, he's dithering. But I needed to know. And I was in Totteridge, coming up the, up the brow of Totteridge. And then it was, it was raining. Now listen, who knows this? When it's raining in a place, it's rubbish, isn't it? Who wants to go to a place where it's raining? You know, if you visit a place and it's raining, you don't think much of the place. I'm going up there, it's just pouring with rain. And then I hear God speaking to my heart. I want you here. I want you here. Done deal. End of, end of dilemma. I just knew God has spoken. He wants to speak to us about all sorts of things in our life. He wants to speak to you about plans and future. Do you know, as leaders here, you know, as an elder here, I need to hear God speaking to us. As a church, you know, if you, if, if it's, we're just way out of our depth. Have, have, I, have I ever been involved with two sites, three meetings? No. This is all new ground. We need, as elders, we need to listen to God's voice. It's absolutely crucial. My sheep listen to my voice. Let's say that again, shall we? My sheep listen to my voice. You found it easier this time because it's on the screen. I know. Now, anyway, Frank Matthews used to lead this church. He was a pastor here right from the very beginning. And um, he died earlier this year. And I was thinking about him as I was thinking about this. And there was one occasion where Frank's in a conversation. And I'm just to the side of the conversation. And somebody is saying to Frank, this is about 25 years ago, he's saying to him, um, how come your church is like this? How have you got a church? Basically, it was the size of the church. It was 250, which in those days was a big church. You know, it's a really big church. Actually, still in our day, that's a big church, by the way. But in those days, it was a really big church. And Frank just, well, he just shrugged his shoulders and said, must be the grace of God. It must be the grace of God. And what Frank was saying is, don't you put this down to my ability. And don't put it down to my gift. It's just the sheer grace of God. Now, Frank had ability. And Frank had gift. But he also had this capacity. Had the capacity to listen to God's voice. Hear that now. He had the capacity to listen to God's voice. It was, it was, he had an uncanny knack of knowing strategic moves that the church need to make at different times. He had an uncanny knack of that. And he knew when, he knew how. It's a gift. Why? He had his antennae up, got onto God's frequency, and was listening in. You know, this isn't just for the church leaders. This is for us in our everyday lives. So it's natural. Secondly, it's learnt. So Jesus used the illustration of a sheep and shepherd, as we read. And one of the pastor was over in Israel, and he 
was speaking to a shepherd. And the, sheep, the shepherd was telling him that what happens in a... You have this big field and, and there would be a number of flocks all gathered together. And the shepherds would be somewhere over in the other part of the field and they'd be having a chatter and a natter and they're talking to each other and so forth. And then it would be time to go. And one of the shepherds, he would make this particular sound and just walk away. And out from all, those, all that group of sheep would come his flock and they would follow him. And another shepherd would make a particular sound and out would come his sheep. My sheep, listen to my voice. It's, it's inbuilt, but it's learnt. It's learnt. Think of it this way. Children are born with an, an ability to communicate, but they need to learn how to speak. So they start with sounds, and, and it develops into words. And as you're getting that developing to words stage, mummy and daddy are having a competition as to the first word the child is going to say. Mama, this is mama. Dada, this is dada. And the child goes, mine. <laughs> and then it learns two words. It's mine. It's just a repetitive frequency of that word, mine. And you say, it's amazing. <laughs> but it's learnt. Words, phrases, what to say, when to say it. It's not. And then on one occasion, a disciple of Jesus said, could you teach us to pray? Well, they knew how to pray, my friends. But there was something about the way Jesus prayed. Jesus heard his father speaking. I don't do anything unless my father has spoken. So he knew what his father expected of him. One, it's two parts. One is to pray, the other is to listen. Now, this is a bit spooky, you know. It's a bit spooky. You, you go outside and go, oh, by the way, God was saying to me and speaking to me, and your friends are going, whoa, you're a bit odd. <sighs> Met your type before. It, it, you know, it is a bit spooky. It, here's an interesting thing, though, isn't it? Why is it that when we speak to God, we're said to be praying? But when God speaks to us, we're said to be schizophrenic. Why is that? Look, if you can't hear God, why would you pray? It's a two-way street. It's a two-way communication, my friends. I want to encourage us. I want to encourage us in this. Why would you get on the phone to somebody and speak to them for 10 minutes without them getting a word in and put the phone down? That's a weird, that's a weird conversation. How many of us do that? Oh, sorry. How many of us do that? And we bring our to-do list. We don't want to hear his to-do list. Because sometimes we're just not expecting it and just put the phone down. That's weird, my friends. We don't want to do this. Um, Teach us to pray. Teach us how to hear God. Well, We're going to hear Hazel and Hannah and Abby. And this is them hearing God in different ways. It was Thursday night and um, I witnessed the Holy Spirit, so I'd been crying and shaking. And I went outside and Nicola and um, a praying lady came and prayed with me. 
and then I saw this picture from God and it started off with one toddler and then the numbers just grew and grew and grew and suddenly there was thousands and thousands and I wasn't really sure at first what it meant or how I was supposed to use it. Um, but then when I walked back in the tent, because it was a bit later, um, there was a lot more people praying um, and people had witnessed the Holy Spirit as well. And then I just went round and prayed with lots of people um, and I felt, and then it hit me that God had given me this power to go and pray with people, which was something I hadn't really felt very comfortable doing before. Um, and yeah, and then I realised we were toddlers because we are all children in God's eyes, um, however old you are. On Thursday night, um, I was filled with the Holy Spirit and um, so my friends started praying for me and some other people came over and started praying for me and um, this man was saying how he feels like God's going to use me in my school and um, that was just great to hear because I wasn't sure what was going to... because I felt like I was needed to work in my school but I didn't know where and didn't know how and um, being the CU leader and um, that was just really great to hear, you know, um, with how things lined up and... Um, then he was just like saying like you need to write down people's names and we'll see them come to the CU and all these different things and it was really great. Then after that, after things calmed down a bit, I was sitting with Nicola and um, she was asking what was going on so I explained and um, she said how, um, she asked me, oh do you know who my mother is? I was like, no, why, why do I need to know who your mother is? I don't understand. Uh, she said it's Miss Wade who um, runs the CU at my school, so um, it was just really got cool how God was working and how his timings were so perfect. Yeah. So I had a vision of Jesus walking down the aisle, and when he passed me, he stopped and he knelt down. He reached out for my hand and held it, then he turned my hand around, and with his finger, he just tapped my palm, and all this amazing golden light just came out, and it was amazing and I felt like he was just saying to me that he has given each of us a special gift and to not use this gift would just be a waste. It's great you know to hear our young people hearing from God isn't it? What struck me was their their expectancy and their openness to hear from God. He loves it. My friends he loves it. Now some people say to me Neil I don't think I've ever heard from God. Um, you may have said that. So look, here's, we're on learnt here. So here's just a starter. Often what I do with people, um, and, I, and when I've met other people too, and we've got into reading the Word and talking about God, we've, I've, I've encouraged them to get a time aside for themselves. Get a time aside for themselves. Now I know some of you be really busy people. And when I used to work at the Abbey National, I'd get half an hour in at lunchtime. I would take it. That was my half hour. I was given it. I took it. I took it. And I, I would sit down, and I'd have my Bible to one side, and I'd have a notebook. And if, you, if this is you, and this is where you start, how do I start? Start with Mark's Gospel, because it's just all Jesus. It's just all Jesus. And I encourage people to go... Get into that first chapter. Don't rush it. Don't rush it. And get into that first chapter and start to read. And maybe it's just half of the first chapter or whatever, but read it. And then write down in your journal, just write down things that you've noticed about the passage. And then I ask them to do this. And also write down, ask God, do you think, is there anything you want to speak to me about in this passage? And this is in the context of prayer. 
So I do this in prayer, reading the word, writing down what I think God has said. God comes to us in our thoughts, as well as impressions, as well as visions and dreams and pictures that people have. It comes in our, in our thinking too. So write down what you think God has said to you. Write it down. People have come back to me and they've had, I mean, copious sets of notes just in the first one or two chapters of what they've read and what they found interesting and what God has spoken to them about. And I, for me, I, for me I, I often use worship as a, as a real platform for me. I find worship very helpful. So I often start with worship, not just in prayer. I often start with, in a place of worship. You know, don't be anxious about anything, Paul says. But in everything with prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. So worship's a great starting place. And if that's your starting place, then do it. Even this, get a notebook, get a pen, get a pencil, whatever it is, and start doing it. You know, you can have the desire, but if you don't have the discipline, you will get really frustrated. Desire without discipline won't work. You've got to practice this. You've got to get into it. It's very key. It takes practice to hear his voice. And and sit there believing that God will speak to you. Do it. So it's natural, it's learnt, and I'm finishing up at this point. So, I want... This is gospel, my friends. This is the gospel. This is the good news of Jesus Christ. There's a friend of mine um, who died recently. I went to his funeral. And uh, the thing about this was it wasn't... It's not just about hearing God's voice. It's developing a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And this man, John, uh, did he love Jesus? I mean, it just... And everything that came through in that funeral and the Thanksgiving service were just streamed the love of Jesus. He loved Jesus. He knew the gospel. He knew the gospel. So key... I mean, he just just loved the gospel. And the gospel is this, is is that you are more sinful than you would dare have believed. But you are loved and accepted more than you ever dared hope. That's the gospel. And John found the gospel, and he found Jesus Christ, and he loved this Jesus. This forgiven man, but he knew that Jesus loved him utterly, and I want you to come into a relationship like that. A place of his presence, and a place of relationship with him.